0: People on the left have been reaching out to me for years, saying that they feel like the mainstream media has become politicized, is biased in favor of the left, and they no longer trust it to report the news fairly. Now, a group of international scholars have published an interesting research paper that addresses this dynamic. It finds that when people perceive institutions to be politicized, they lose trust, even if they happen to agree with its politics. Azim Sharif is a professor and Canada 150 Research Chair of Moral Psychology, the University of British Columbia. The preprint paper we discuss today is titled Even when ideologies align, people distrust politicized institutions. Azim Sharif is my guest today on Lean Out. Azim, welcome to Lean Out.
1: Thank you, Tara. How are you?
0: I am great. It's really nice to have you on the program today. I learned about your work, as you know, from a recent talk that uh, Jonathan Haidt gave at UBC as part of the Phil Lind Initiative. And I was really pleased to hear about your recent preprint paper, which covers a really important subject. Um, so this paper, which we should stress, not peer-reviewed yet, is titled Even When Ideologies Align, People Distrust Politicized Institutions. So to start today, tell me a little bit about how this international group of scholars came together and what was the motivation for looking into this particular topic?
1: Yeah, great question. So so as you can see, the paper kind of gives away the findings right there in the title. And it was um, interesting the way that it got worked into Jonathan's talk. So he and I had just had lunch the prior day and we just, my collaborators and I just posted that preprint of the paper, as you mentioned, it was a preprint not yet undergone peer review. Uh, we just posted it earlier that week. And so I told him about it and within however many hours it was between then and the talk he managed to incorporate it in. And, and I, it, it, we've got a lot a big positive response, um, because I think it is, as you stress, a, a topic that a lot of people care about. The collaborators on the project, it's led by Corey Clark, uh, whom I've collaborated with since she was in graduate school, uh, as well as Jim Everett, who I also think I've collaborated with since he, he was uh, in graduate school. And then um, Calvin Ish, who's a, a student who's working with, with Corey. So the group of us worked together for quite a while, and we've been discussing this issue For quite a while, uh, eventually conducting some studies on it starting, I think, late last year, late in 2022, Um, and then putting together this preprint as fast as we could, because it seems like a a perennially pressing topic, but maybe one that's um, increasingly pressing.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So this this paper covers three studies examining attitudes towards 40 institutions, organizations and groups of professionals ranging from the World Health Organization to scientists, the Supreme Court, pharmaceutical companies. And you tested associations between perceived ideological slant, perceived politicization and public trust or the willingness to support and defer to the institution's expertise. Can you just briefly walk us through the findings of this paper?
1: Sure. So uh, I will, and I'll give you some background on these ideas uh, a little bit as I do. So, in part, this was inspired. Uh, speaking of height, by a, a famous talk that he gave at the big social psychology conference, maybe ten years ago now, uh, where he pointed out that the political slant—that is, the disproportion of political, the disproportionately high numbers of political liberals in uh, social psychology—can be problematic. And since then, there's been a lot of researchers pointed out how overwhelmingly liberal academia tends to be, uh, not uniformly across disciplines, but on the whole, it tends to be slanted towards liberals. And, And there's many reasons for that. And there's been a wide discussion about that. What we hypothesized is that the slant itself matters less than the degree to which people's politics affects their work. Uh, so you could, have, you could imagine a, and the example we use in the paper is a catering company who has a very conservative slant or a very political slant. And it probably wouldn't bother you that much to be uh, catered by a group which has a slant one way or the other. Uh, it's when those things start affecting the work. And academic research is, I think, one area where it probably does affect the work uh, quite a bit. And we go through it in various different organizations where that might happen. Uh, what we find is, unsurprisingly, when a organization is perceived to be politicized against the uh, a party that you associate with. Uh, so if you are a liberal and you think that the organization is slanted towards uh, conservatives and their conservatism affects their work, well, you're going to distrust that organization. And the same the other way around. Right. So if you're a. Uh, uh, I can't remember which example I used first, but if you're a conservative and the, the organization is uh, slanted towards liberal, you're going to think the same thing. What was more surprising, uh, and, and we, I don't think we predicted one way or the other beforehand, but what was more surprising is that even if it's uh, on your own side, even if you perceive that an organization is slanted towards your own political party, you still find that the more politicized you perceive it to be, the less you trust it. Uh, so if, and I'll, I'll put my cards on the table right now, if if I was a liberal, which I am, uh, and, and an academic, the more politicized you see academia, the more you would distrust it. And I think that's probably something that a lot of people are experiencing, that even though they, they politically align with the side that they perceive the institution to be on, uh, they don't gain more confidence when they see their... that that the politics seeping into the work is being done.
0: Mm. I just think it's so interesting and something I can certainly relate to. Um, Just in terms of fully understanding the differences here. So what's the difference between like an ideologically slanted institution and a politicized one? How do we measure that politicization?
1: So it's simply that question about how much do you perceive that the politics is affecting their work? Um, So let's take your industry, so journalism. There, you could imagine people—the the vast majority of, of uh, journalists—being to the right or to the left. But you could imagine that they put up a pretty good firewall between the, their own politics and the way that it affected what they wrote about, especially what they would report on. In that case, you'd have a slanted organization, but you wouldn't have a politicized organization. Now, I—I I don't know your industry as well as I know mine. I suspect that it is an industry where people's politics actually does seep into the work quite a bit. Uh, Similarly, in in my industry, you can imagine a situation where, yes, we're we're liberal, and we're liberal for many reasons. There's personality characteristics that draw uh, more liberal people to issues of of exploration. Uh, There may be something about being within universities for a long period of time that makes people more liberal. There may be all these reasons, but if you're able to put up a firewall And you say, okay, well, I'm not going to let my politics affect the math that I do or the chemistry that I do or the psychology that I do. Uh, You would have then a slanted organization, but not a politicized organization.
0: Mm. Yeah, I mean, it it makes so much sense to me. I'm also on the left and journalism is overwhelmingly left leaning. Um, And I, I can't actually think of a single instance in like maybe 21, 22 years of media where I've worked with someone who describes themselves as a conservative. That's how left-leaning it is. But definitely where I started to get very concerned about it is when the work itself became overtly politicized. So this makes so much sense to me. Can you tell me a little bit about kind of how you're feeling about academia right now and what your concerns may be about that?
1: Yeah. So I I, I would would mention at the outset that I don't think that there's never a legitimate reason for an organization to be politicized. I think that there's many examples historically of situations where taking political stances has been a smart and probably right move. Uh, w- what we're trying to communicate in this paper or really test in this paper is that there may be trade-offs involved when it comes to issues of trust uh, and deference. So another an deference in terms of deference, in other, um, measure that we had is well, would you listen to recommendations from this group so say the who is making a recommendation about whether you should you know, get vaccinated or something and uh you perceive them to be slanted or you perceive them to be politicized you're going to defer to them less if you perceive them to be to be politicized within academia especially within science i think that i think that it probably is good to erect as as, as High a firewall as you can between politics and and the research that we're doing because it's so easy for the politics to to pervert the scientific method. Uh, let's say right. So the idea of the scientific method is that you want to you want to manage confirmation bias. You want to have a set of structures, a set of uh, norms and rules and institutions and and uh, procedures that minimize the chance that you. You get something wrong because, uh, for whatever reason, there's an there's a, a a desire for one outcome to be more right than the other, and one of the things that my field has gone through over the last ten fifteen years is is the replication crisis, and and this has been um, discussed widely enough that I think people outside of academia have heard about it. A lot of what social psychologists Psychology in general, social psychology is where it started. A lot of what we had thought we'd known has turned out to be not replicable. It's, it, it turns out to be what we call false positives. We, we thought that it, we a finding was true. It turned out that, well, when you did the methods properly, it was not. And one of the reasons that happened is because it's, it's pretty easy for an experimenter to let their biases unknowingly guide their research towards a particular outcome. Uh, we try to have a system such as peer review to manage that, to prevent that from happening. But it, it happens, and we have, to, we have to be constantly vigilant to try to make sure that what we are discovering is the truth and, and not just something that our biases are, are leading us to, 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 to believe that is falsely true. Um, I think that politics can create a very strong motivation for a particular outcome to be true. And, and I'm not saying that this happens purposefully. I think that our, our uh, underlying beliefs can nudge us unconsciously towards doing science a particular way, asking certain questions, preferring certain analyses, doing any number of, of little uh, uh, what we call researcher degrees of freedom, which nudge us towards a certain outcome. And I think that compromises our ability to get things right. And I think that probably justifiably compromises the trust that that the public should should have in us. Um, So I think one of the nice things is that within psychology, we've started uh, a number of uh, new initiatives and rules and and norms to try to clean up our act, to try to uh, strengthen the scientific method and try to reduce our biases. So that's good. And that should mitigate the impact that any reason for um, favoring a particular outcome, including political reasons, uh, comes out. So, so that's good. But I do think that, yes, uh, uh, academia has become politicized. It probably always was politicized. It's probably more acute now because we're in a moment of, of higher pol- uh, partisanship. Uh, so I think that, that that's had some pernicious consequences.
0: It's interesting reading the paper I was thinking about as you're doing this research, all the real world examples that we're kind of seeing unspooling. So one of the ones you mentioned is the um, scientific journal Nature and uh, endorsing Biden for president. And then the results of that were not just lower trust in that particular scientific journal, but lower trust in scientists in general. Um, I was thinking also about uh, a recent Canadian example of overt politicization, and this has to do with Jordan Peterson. I know you started your career way, way back um, as a student of his. Um, And this is regarding the College of Psychologists of Ontario. They've ordered Peterson to undergo media training, saying some of his tweets were degrading to the profession. This was perceived by some as politicized, given the fact some of these tweets had to do with Polyev, leader of the opposition, Trudeau. Um, what are your thoughts on, on that particular situation, kind of related to this research?
1: Yeah, well, I think one of the issues is that it's... it's it be, One of the things that makes it tempting to take a politicized position is that you can point to the other side and say, look at what they're doing. Look how crazy they've gotten or how politicized they've gotten. Uh, And it justifies you taking a political position uh, for two reasons, because you need to create a balance and also because you can say, well, we're at least not as bad as that side. The problem is, is that I think it creates, it creates the problem that it's, that it's implicating. That once you start becoming very politicized on one side, the other side can now point to, well, look what's happening on that side. And then the original side can point, well, now look, look what's happening on that side. And they can use it to justify ever ex- more extreme measures. Um, in the case of Peterson, I think he, he relished the fight when that came. And uh, he, recognize that the... I'm always uncomfortable talking about him uh, in in public. Uh, Like you said, there's a long history here. Um, He was able to demonstrate how politicized it was, and thereby uh, uh, rile up the other side and be able to point, well, look how crazy it is there, and justify having a, a position that he has. And I think one thing that makes that evident is that he's been coaxing them ever since to get on with it, to get on with the re-education discipline and disciplining approach. And from the last I heard of it, I've not followed it that closely, but from the last I heard of it, the college hasn't done anything, but Jordan has kept needling them to do so. And as a result, the the polarization just gets worse on both sides. Um, So these types of of probably unjustifiably extreme measures, uh, they just rile up both sides and they make the whole problem worse. The other example I was going to talk about is what's happening in the U.S. right now in in terms of in certain uh, red-leaning states, how they've uh, uh, turned the power of the state very powerfully against universities. This has been, I think, pretty egregious by trying to censor particular professors, uh, trying to 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 lean the elbow of the state on entire curricula, trying to erode tenure protections. Uh, so we've seen this happen in Florida. Now it's happening in North Carolina and Texas. This is probably a predictable outcome of this process of distrust that has been sown between organizations that are perceived on one side of the political, political spectrum and and um, the power that's uh, loaded on the other side. You can only make yourself seem like an enemy of one side so long until the other side fights back.
0: Which sort of brings me to where I wanted to close today, which is like, how do we get out of this? I mean, that's, that is the big question of our age, isn't it? I mean, how do we get out of this? And the paper does address that, that you, you did try some sort of depoliticization interventions. They, they failed, unfortunately. And so I wanted you just to reflect a little bit on what those interventions were and, and why you think they weren't successful. Why is this problem so sticky?
1: Right. So we did try... Um some sort of typical social psychology approaches to try to you know, tell participants that, well, this this particular organization has tried to get its act together by saying, well, this, this politicization has no place in our organization. Do you trust them more now? And the manipulations failed because people didn't see them as less politicized, even though the organizations, according to our purported scenarios, uh, were trying to depoliticize themselves. And that might be the product of a few things, right? It could be the product of the fact that, well, people have set beliefs about how politicized these, uh, these institutions already are and aren't going to believe that um, these initiatives are actually going to depoliticize them, even if they say that they're doing so. The other could be a more artifactual explanation of the experiments that we designed. People just might not have believed our, our manipulations. I, I, one of the things that we were trying to accomplish with putting the preprint out uh, before submitting this for publication, is to try to gather ideas from the scientific community about interventions that could work to actually have a perceived depoliticization of institutions. Uh, I think I don't think it's impossible, but I think it's difficult. I think that people uh, are able to find evidence to confirm what they already see about these institutions very easily, whereas they're going to be resistant to evidence which speaks against that. So even if you are able to create a compelling intervention, you you have a a high hurdle to clear in order to uh, get people to believe that that's actually what's going on. I think that efforts to redouble our devotion to the scientific method, to try to put up that firewall that I talked about in certain institutions, my institution, maybe your institution, is an effective way, especially if you can communicate to the public that we've effectively done it. And one of the challenges with doing that is you have so much demagoguery on on both sides that it's going to erode the ability to actually communicate to that public without people trying to uh, undermine it for their own purposes.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's such a it's really is one of the big questions of our age. And I, one of the big takeaways that I took from the paper is it's like it's better to not get politicized in the first place than it is to try and work back.
1: That's right. And for for both for people, both on on the opposite side, as well as the side that you happen to be on. I and mean, I think the biggest the biggest finding for me that came out of this is that, yeah, even when it's your own side, you lose trust if you see it politicized. Mm something i resonate with and i think you do
0: too yeah me too well listen thank you so much for taking the time today it's it's great to uh, get to meet you and and find out a bit about your work thank you for coming on the show very happy lean out is hosted and produced by myself tara henley if you value independent journalism Please consider subscribing to my Substack at tarahenley.substack.com.